The Joker by Scott Leopold, Chapter 7, Journal Entry. As a child, I was shuffled between a feuding mother and daughter like a chess piece, one that my mom held hostage but Grandma Daisy cherished. Living with my mother never lasted for long. That's because we lived with Grandpa Bob. Together, they enabled each other's addictions. After my mother's wedding, Grandma Daisy filed for divorce, and Grandpa Bob disappeared for a while. I think when he returned, he tried to make up for being gone. When my mom and Grandpa Bob were together, there was an uncomfortable undertone to the way they interacted. Grandpa Bob wouldn't, would get drunk and flirt with my mother like she wasn't his daughter. Then he would disappear for days. When this happened, my mother was stuck alone with me. She would try to behave herself because she knew Grandma Daisy would find out, and if she did, this would give her grounds to get custody of me. My mother wasn't about to give up her shiny chess piece. So when she couldn't cruise the bars, the party was brought to the house. Having a 10-year-old kid around was definitely a buzzkill for my mother. During these times, my mother would break down and send me to Grandma Daisy's. She would say she had to work, which I knew was complete bullshit. At one point, it got so bad, Grandma Daisy forced my mother to enroll me in the elementary school in Grandma Daisy's neighborhood. That way, she didn't have to keep driving me back and forth. School 45 was just a few blocks from her house, so I could walk to school in the morning and back in the afternoons. Each public school in Indianapolis has an individual number. There was 48 in the city, and I had already been to about half of them. That year, I was starting fourth grade for the second time. My mother's instability was affecting my grades. Even though they held me back, I was still way behind the other kids in my class. I felt stupid. But school hopping made keeping up more than difficult, especially for a kid whose mother didn't give a shit about him. But there was a silver lining. This is when I met Brooke. When I was near her, I could forget about my mother, at least for a while. I'll never forget the day I met her. Although she wasn't my soulmate at the time, I knew the minute we met that I could love her forever. I think people often misunderstand the meaning of soulmate. It's so much more than love itself. It's what love eventually evolves into. It's what we feel when we are old, when vanity and lust have withered away, when the only thing that matters is true friendship. Like the beginning to all good love stories, I noticed Brooke from across the room that first day. I was the new kid in class getting the who's that stare. I noticed her eyes focused on me, only me. Her glance made my heart pound. It felt like a thousand butterflies had invaded my stomach. Her face was like the moon, enchanting at first, then overwhelmingly beautiful. I could make out her features, but I couldn't get beyond the impression of her gorgeous face. Her long hair whirled around her neck like black smoke, its tendrils weaving in and out of each other of their own volition. Her skin was smooth and her round cheekbones accentuated her soft, warm smile. She was breathtaking. All these years later, my memory of her at 10 is engraved in my heart, impossible to forget. I was so fixated on her, I saw no one else in the room. Curiosity painted her face with excitement. Something else, 
I wanted to believe it was love at first sight. Dead silence brought me back to earth when the teacher introduced me to the class. Color rushed up my neck and onto my face. I noticed all the kids in the room staring at me from their desks. During our bathroom bake, I splashed cold water on my face. Then I walked over to the beautiful girl and introduced myself. Hi, my name is Jack. What's your name? I know your name, she giggled. The teacher just introduced you, Ding Dong. My legs trembled. I'm Brooke, she said. Her soft green eyes pierced straight into my soul. I was in love. Yep, ten and in love. Or so I thought. Numb with excitement, I couldn't stop thinking about her. I never wanted something so bad. We need to know everything about her. Like what's her favorite color? Does she like boys? Has she ever been kissed? The little voice in my head questioned. Eventually, my over-eager behavior caused Brooke to withdraw, which broke my heart. I think she tolerated me at first because I was interesting and mysterious to her. But then it became too much. I was not going to give up, though. Being around Brooke made me happy, so I was going to win her back. I remember riding my bike to the McNamara flower shop at the back of our apartment complex to buy her a rose. I had saved my lunch money so I could surprise her. I slipped it into her mailbox while she was sleeping one night. When I saw her the next day, she never mentioned it. Not knowing if she got the rose drove me crazy. So I decided to sit down and write a letter. I filled the pages with emotion, pulling words from my head I didn't even know I knew. I wrote everything I wanted to say. It was pure poetry. The next morning before school, I gave Brooke the letter. She didn't open it right away. I wanted her to read it as I watched her from across the hall. I could picture her soft face blush as she took in my words. Instead, Brooke put the letter in the back of her jeans. She stood there with her friends, laughing and enjoying the last few minutes they had before the school bell rang. My anxiety grew with every tick of the clock. Jack, are you all right? Miss Richardson asked as she tapped me on the shoulder. Startled, I replied, Oh yeah, it's time for reading session. I, I almost forgot. When the bell rang, I realized I was out of time. Brooke still hadn't opened the letter. When she finally pulled my letter from her pocket, she opened it and began to read. My dearest Brooke, she started. Brooke couldn't help but laugh because my letter was so over the top. We were only 10 years old. I was already talking about marriage. When Brooke's friends heard her belly laughs, they wanted in on the joke. She showed them the letter. My love note was passed from kid to kid. The laughter grew louder in the classroom. Some of the kids even started quoting me and acting it out. Oh, Brooke, I love you. One day I want to marry you and have a family. When Miss Trident heard the commotion, she marched down the aisle like a dope-sniffing dog, trying to find out what was going on. Brooke, we do not pass notes in class, young lady. You should know better. Because it's obvious you don't, I'm going to post your note on the bulletin board for all the kids to see. That should teach you a lesson. The next morning, 
there were kids gathered at the main bulletin board reading all about my feelings for Brooke. There was nothing I could do. Kids laughed and teased. I was so embarrassed. I wished for the floor to open, dropping me into another universe. That's when I felt Brooke's eyes on me from down the hall. When I looked up, she smiled at me, making everything instantly better.